I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey, hey, you guys, Michelle Grosser here. You are listening to the Calm Mom Podcast. Welcome back. I'm so grateful you guys are here. We're going to talk about Three ways that our body is communicating with us that we might not necessarily be aware of or notice or understand. Um, So I think this is going to be a good episode. It's going to be a practical episode. And I think you're going to walk away with more awareness. And you guys know, because I say it all the time, awareness precedes choice. So now that you're going to have this awareness of the ways in which your body is communicating to you, you're going to be able to do something about it, which is awesome. Before we jump into that, though, today is the last day to register for Restore. So if you're listening to this live or around the date that it published, our small group coaching program um, to regulate your nervous system, unlock the stress cycle, and recover from burnout starts next week. There's six weeks of lessons, you guys. I teach you my six-step framework. We go step-by-step. 
weekly live coaching with me. It's body-based. You guys know that's how we do things around here. You're going to learn regulation tools that bring your body out of fight or flight. We're going to take a look at your habits and your routines. We're going to optimize everything for neurological fitness. We're going to look at emotional regulation, boundaries, mindset, so much gold packed into less than two months. So if you guys are on the fence, man, jump in. I'm telling you, this is the work that changed my life, changed the life of hundreds of other women that I've worked with. You will not regret it. And guys, there's no perfect time. So if that's what you're waiting for, you're going to be waiting forever. Take the leap. There's a link in the show notes for all the details. We start next week. I would love to see you there. If you have any questions, you guys shoot me an email, hello at michellegrosser.com or send me a DM on Instagram. Um, We can talk it over. I can answer your questions. And then if it feels aligned for you and you still feel the draw to it, man, I would love for you to join us. Okay, so let's talk about the difference between a stressor and stress, right? A stressor is something that causes stress on our body. So a stressor is something that our nervous system is perceiving as a threat to our safety, something that seems unsafe. So a stressor might be that, you know, lion in the wild, or the stressor might be the the house on fire, or the stressor may be someone that cuts you off in traffic, or their stressor may be the number in your bank account. These are all different things that can cause stress on our body, right? So that's the stressor. Now, what happens in our body is that our body experiences stress in response to a stressor, right? Something happens, that's the cause, the stressor, and then the effect is stress on our body. So what happens in our body when it perceives a stressor, whether it's an actual threat or perceived threat, right? Our body jumps into a fight or flight response in order to mobilize us so that we can run or we can fight against the perceived stressor. What happens in our body? Well, our brain releases, sends a signal to release hormones and chemicals, right? To help us mobilize. So things like cortisol, which is our stress hormone, adrenaline, these are released in order to prepare our body for what it needs to do to stay safe. Um, blood is diverted. It's actually diverted from our gut and uh, moved into our extremities so that we can run and fight. And then many of our non-essential systems. So I'm talking about things like digestion, fertility, your immune system, all these things that are not necessary if you're faced with a life threatening situation are, are paused, right? Our body is so smart that it'll actually shut those systems down to conserve energy and conserve resources so we can simply run or fight to survive. All of that makes sense, right? But here's what happens. We live now in the 21st century where stress is not simply, you know, running from a lion once every six weeks and then we escape and the stressor has resolved and our body completes this loop of the stress cycle. We feel safe again. We're around our family. Maybe we talk about what happened. We process it. We've moved our body. So we've metabolized a lot of those stress chemicals and we're back to regulation. We feel safe. That's not how life works these days. We are in a state of chronic stress, right? If it's not one thing, it's another. We're always in this heightened state of stress. And we're not taught how to close that stress loop, 
close that stress cycle. So maybe the threat has resolved itself, right? Maybe the stressor has resolved. Maybe you gave the big speech you were worried about. Maybe you had the conversation that you'd been avoiding and stressing out about forever. Maybe you're, you know, you got a clean bill of health. Maybe your kid has made it through that time that was really stressing you out. Whatever it is, you've survived the stressor, right? That's resolved. But the question is, have you resolved the stress, i.e. the stress on your body? Has that completed its cycle and healed and released? Is it done? Or is the stressor gone, but your body is still under this state of stress? Because if you have not closed the loop of the stress cycle, your nervous system is stuck in this stress response, right? It's stuck in fight or flight or freeze because it doesn't feel safe yet, safe enough to complete that cycle, come out of fight or flight and move into a parasympathetic state um, where we called, called rest and digest, right? Which we think of as a quote unquote regulated state. So when we don't complete the stress cycle and we're stuck in fight or flight, our body's constantly doing only the things that it needs to do when we're facing an actual threat, right? So it's releasing those stress hormones and it's pausing non-essential systems and it's preparing to mobilize. And when our body is in that state of chronic stress for a prolonged period, you guys, there's a toll. There's a toll on our body. There's a toll on our mind. There's an impact, right? Our body's always communicating with us. And this is one of the things we focus on in week one of Restore is really learning and honing in on how does my particular body communicate things with me. And we call it somatic awareness. Our body's always communicating, but are we listening, right? We're often too busy or we're just disconnected from our body. And, you know, we get a really bad headache. What do we do, right? I don't have time to deal with this right now. We take a couple Advil or we're like, man, I just got to get through this meeting and then whatever, right? And we push it aside or we ignore it or we put a Band-Aid on it and we ignore what our body is telling us. And when we do that, very rarely will our body just be like, okay, cool, no worries. I'm just going to like, you're not, you're, you know, you're not going to pay attention to me. I'll just quiet down. No, that's not what happens. The opposite happens. The more that we start to ignore the signals our body is sending us, the louder those signals get, i.e. our symptoms and the things that we're experiencing in our body seem to amplify. They seem to get worse. And for me personally, like in my 20s, you guys, I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. I had major gut and skin issues. I had this rash on my face since I remember the day that it started. I was in sixth grade. And this rash on my face was not just like, I don't know, a few pimples here and there, or those of you maybe who've had really bad acne can probably relate to what I experienced, but I had this rash. It actually ran from like my bottom lip all the way down to my chin, right? So that whole area under my mouth. And it wasn't like a rash per se. It would, it was like scabs. It was, it was really gross. And I couldn't really smile because when I would smile, it would like crack my scabs and then they would like ooze and bleed. And I mean, it's disgusting. But imagine from sixth grade until my late 20s experiencing that, right? Imagine like the self-confidence issues. Imagine the depression that that would put me in. Imagine not being able to like smile or wanting to show your face or any of these things. Like it was awful. 
and I saw all these different doctors and I tried, you know, different dermatologists gave me all different kinds of creams and I was given all these different kinds of diets to try and told to stay away from like certain kinds of toothpaste or face wash or shampoo or like laundry detergent, all the things and nothing helped. Nothing helped. I would track it. Like, is it something that happens, you know, more when I get my period? Like there was no correlation to anything that I could pinpoint. And that was on my face. And then my gut issues, I, I, I chronically dealt with bloating, irregularity, um, just like IBS, gut pain. And I tried again, so many different diets. I was actually gluten free for six plus years. Um, and then through all that time, I just had stuff that a lot of us just chalk up to life or stress or getting older, chronic neck and back pain, brain fog, anxiety. And with every single one of these things, you guys, my body was just trying to communicate with me in every single one of these symptoms, but I kept ignoring them because I didn't know, right? I had to look for a quick fix. I just wanted like a cream I could put on or a pill I could take. I wanted a Band-Aid get a massage, right? Stop eating dairy. I just wanted to kill the messenger instead of listen to the message. And I wonder how often we do that as a society, right? How often is your body communicating something to you? It's uncomfortable or it's inconvenient or it's painful. And we're just like, bam, I want to kill the messenger instead of listen to the message. And once I learned about my nervous system, I learned that I was stuck in fight or flight I learned how to unlock the stress cycle and close that loop so that my body could return to feeling safe and it didn't have to be in a stress response and it could move out of fight or flight and into a parasympathetic ventral vagal state of rest and digest. Guess what happened, you guys? All my symptoms went away and I'm not the only one, right? This has happened for client after client after client of mine. So let's talk. Let's start here. Let's talk about four main stressors on our body. So these are four of the things that I see that are causing stress on our body systems. And I see this over and over and over again. These are super common. Number one, suppressed emotions. Guys, suppressing your emotions will cause burnout. It just will. And it's why we take an entire week inside of restore. It's in week, it's in step five. Um, and it's all about emotional hygiene. Because if you've ever been frustrated, annoyed, disappointed, angry, grieving, sad, i.e. experienced any of these human emotions that are frankly pretty quick to come by if you are a mom or a working mom with a heck of a ton of stuff on your plate, right? I like, we don't have to think too far back to when the last time is that we've been frustrated or annoyed or disappointed or angry or whatever. If you have not allowed those emotions to release in a healthy way, and if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know what that looks like to release my frustration in a healthy way, to release my annoyance or my anger or my rage in a healthy way. Like I don't do anything. I either hold it all in, right, to the point maybe where I'm not even aware I'm experiencing these emotions or I just let it out, right? And like, I'm sorry to all the collateral damage that happens in the way, but if you are in the way of that anger, when it kind of explodes, it's not going to be pretty, right? Either of those two extremes are not a healthy release of these big emotions. 
So if you're finding finding yourself in one of those two extremes, particularly holding all this stuff in, that causes an incredible stress on the body. The word emotion, emotion, it means energy in motion. There is a huge energetic charge to your big emotions. Just think about it, right? When we experience frustration or anger, think about what that energy can do in our body. It can literally change the color of our face. It can change our temperature. It can change how we breathe. It can change the rate at which our heart is beating. It has so much electrical energy. And if we're holding that in, our body is not meant to hold all of that, right? It's meant to experience and release and feel emotions. That's why we say you got to feel it to heal it. Things like that, right? We've got to feel these things because feeling them is what allows them to release. When we suppress them, we're holding it in. And it's that whole idea of like holding this super inflated beach ball under the water, right? After time, it's, it's exhausting. Your arms start to kind of get shaky and it's just a matter of time before that, that ball just pops out of the water and, you know, splashes on everyone and it's a mess, right? And the same is true of our emotions. So when we're holding this stuff in, when we're suppressing our emotions, it causes an incredible stress on our body and eventually it will cause burnout. So that's the first main stressor on our body. The second main stressor that I see over and over and over again is having, I guess I'm going to put two and three together here, having poor boundaries and being a people pleaser. And those kind of go together, right? So that's two and three, having poor boundaries and being a people pleaser. Both of these things, a lack of boundaries and being a people pleaser cause incredible stress on your body. People pleasing, which isn't in and of itself a lack of boundaries, right? Is the number one factor I see in women experiencing burnout. If you tell me that you are experiencing burnout, I can probably help you find areas in your life in which you lack healthy boundaries because you are afraid of disappointing people or being seen as rude or not helpful or selfish or whatever kind of mindset you're bringing to that that isn't accurate. People-pleasing and boundaries. And it's why, again, in Restore, we really look at this. Week uh, five, step five of, of my framework is all around boundaries, right? Where am I saying yes to things I should say no to? What kinds of people are draining my energy? How? What kind of boundaries can I put into place with myself, right? The things that I'm consuming, the people I'm spending time around in my workplace. How can I communicate these boundaries? How can I stay true and authentic to myself um, while being obviously respectful and, and loving and thoughtful and all of these things? It's not one or the other, but learning how to communicate a strong boundary, hold a strong boundary and enforce a strong and loving boundary is super powerful in protecting yourself and your nervous system against burnout and dysregulation. Constantly saying yes to things we know we should be saying no to will cause stress on our body. And then the last one, the fourth main stressor that I see over and over and over again is that our body, our nervous system perceives stress that is not an actual threat to our safety. So yes, a healthy nervous system will perceive an actual threat and then help us to mobilize so that we stay safe and alive, right? If there's a fire, if there's a lion chasing us, if there's some real danger, a healthy nervous system will jump into fight or flight so that we can respond appropriately. But no, we do not need to be thrust into a state of fight or flight simply because 
our like mean coworker sends a nasty email, right? We do not need to be thrust into a state of fight or flight because I don't know, we get the doctor's bill and it's a big number. We need to know how to bring ourselves out of fight or flight for situations that aren't actually life-threatening. Otherwise, we're constantly stuck in that state. But here's what happens. So often we're perceiving things as threats that aren't actually threats to our well-being. And this is why. It's because of past trauma that has not been processed. Past trauma that has not been processed. Our body is like a library, right? Our body remembers things that our mind forgets. Our body remembers things that our mind forgets. So our mind may have forgotten an experience that happened when we were in utero, (laughs) six months old, 18 months old, six years old, 12 years old, whatever it is, right? Our mind might have forgotten that memory. We don't have conscious awareness of that memory, but our body, you better believe that if our body at that time that 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 experience was lived, our body stored away everything from that past event. It stored and filed everything away. What it looked like, what it sounded like, what it smelled like, what the what the room was like, the furniture, maybe the color of the walls, um, the the noises, every single thing about that experience. Because if it was traumatic or if it overwhelmed our little nervous system at the time, our body stored it all the way. And then our body went on high alert, our nervous system went on high alert, constantly scanning and hypervigilant for anything remotely similar to that experience so that our nervous system could then respond appropriately and protect us from ever having to experience that again. So it makes sense. It's this brilliant coping mechanism. However, our brain doesn't do a great job of differentiating between a real stress, a real stressor and a perceived stressor. So we might find ourselves often being triggered and often being thrown into fight or flight. And we're like, man, I don't know why this is stressing me out so much. I don't know why this is causing me so much anxiety. I don't know why this is making me feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't know why this is making me so angry or irritable or edgy or, you know, whatever, throw your, throw your word in there. And it's because there's something about it that's sending your body back into the past to a time where you experienced something that felt really scary or sad or just too much for your nervous system to process. It overwhelmed your system and your body is doing everything it can to prevent that from ever happening to you again, right? So that when we have those unprocessed experiences from our past, all that unprocessed trauma that we're not aware of, so we haven't dealt with it, that causes stress on our body, right? We're stuck in that fight or flight. Now, any one of these, not just not just um, our past traumas, any one of these stressors that we just talked about can throw us into fight or flight, right? Increase adrenaline and cortisol in the body, and it's not healthy in the long term. Chronic stress takes a toll on our body, you guys. We call it our allostatic load, and it impacts so much. It impacts our mental and our emotional and our physical health. And what I want to do just really quick is go over three super common symptoms, three different somatic cues um, that your body is saying like, nope, (laughs) this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel safe. Like pay attention, be on alert, slow down, right? Take care of me. I need something. I need food. I need water. I need rest. I need to be seen. I need to be thanked. I need to be acknowledged, whatever it is. These are three super common symptoms that 
your body is communicating with you. Number one, if you experience shoulder, neck, or back pain, headaches, um, joint pain, including like tension in your jaw, or maybe you grind your teeth, or when you wake up in the morning, your whole face is kind of like sore. Maybe you've been prescribed a mouth guard for grinding your teeth at night. Any of these uh, symptoms, shoulder, neck, back pain, headaches, joint pain, joint aches, unexplained unexplained um, muscle tension, joint pain, tension in your jaw, grinding your teeth. These all stem, guys, from chronic constriction and bracing. Your body, because it's stuck in fight or flight, is consistently, chronically uh, uh, bracing itself for impact, right? Bracing itself for the other shoe to drop. Bracing itself for something unpleasant or uncomfortable or unsafe to happen. And we don't really notice this, right? Because we've probably been living like this for so long. But when our body senses something that's unsafe, what do we do? Right? Everything constricts. We brace ourselves. So if we're stuck in fight or flight, it would make sense that all that tension in our muscles starts to show up as shoulder pain and neck pain and back pain and headaches and joint pain and jaw pain and all these different things. So that's the first way. If you're experiencing any of those things I just mentioned, pay attention, man. I promise you, your body's probably telling you, we got to slow down. We got to deal with this. I need some rest, right? We got to move some of this. I need to feel safe. Number one. Number two, the second super common symptom that I see that your body is saying, nope, is that you are always sick, you guys. (laughs) You're frequently getting cold, infections. They go, they come back. You're catching everything your kids are bringing through the house. You're catching maybe even stuff that your kids aren't even catching. Um, you're sick longer than most people. You, it's so frustrating. And it's because, you guys, cortisol, which is our main stress hormone, suppresses the immune system. We talked about it at the beginning of this episode, right? When we're in fight or flight, our non-essential systems will be paused and suppressed to conserve energy, immune system being one of them, right? So cortisol is produced by our adrenal glands in response to stress and when those cortisol levels stay elevated, especially for a long period of time, if we're, if we've been experiencing chronic stress, it suppresses our immune system's ability to respond against anything, right? So when we're dealing with chronic fight or flight, we're stuck in a stress response. It's super common that you're going to find yourself getting cold, colds often. Um, so pay attention again, same theme underrunning all of this, right? Pay attention to what your body is communicating to you. Your body is saying, please tell me, communicate with me that we are safe so I can move out of a stress response, out of fight or flight, and back into a calm, present space. So that's the second. And then the third super common symptom that I see, the super common somatic cue that I see, is experiencing issues around sleep. You're not sleeping well, a hard time falling asleep, a hard time staying asleep. You wake up maybe consistently at like 2.30, 3, 3.30 a.m. every freaking night. (laughs) I I know because I've been there how frustrating that is. Um, And then, you know, hand in hand with that would be just experiencing chronic exhaustion and fatigue. You wake up tired, you're tired all day. You take, try to take a nap, you're tired. You go to sleep, you're tired you, um, it doesn't matter, right? How much sleep you get, you are freaking exhausted. Being in that activated state of fight or flight, you guys, it's too much. And our vagus nerve, 
the nerve that's responsible for calming us down is not functioning properly when we've been stuck in a stress response chronically for a long period of time. So friends, if you're experiencing sleep issues, chronic exhaustion, and fatigue, again, it's something to pay attention to. It's not something to slap a Band-Aid on like having an extra glass of wine at night or taking a sleeping pill or having to do this like 30-step ritual to just try to fall asleep. This is just an indication that your nervous system is likely dysregulated, your nervous system is likely stuck in a state of fight or flight, and you simply need to learn tools and incorporate a lifestyle that promotes nervous system health and nervous system regulation. And if you're able to do that, every single one of these symptoms will start to dissipate. And these are all super common symptoms for moms in 2024, but I just want to remind all of you or just to tell you all or encourage you all that while these are common, common does not mean normal, right? Common does not mean normal. Just because it might be common for my five-year-old to poop her pants all the time, like it doesn't mean that that is a normal behavior, right? It might be common. It doesn't mean it's normal. She doesn't do that. I'm just using it as an example, but maybe some of your kids do or whatever it is, right? The point is there are things that happen frequently and that does not mean they are normal. It does not mean that they are functioning as designed. And the same is true for us as moms. It's super common to have neck, back, shoulder pain, headaches, joint pain, jaw tension, grinding our teeth, right? To be sick, to have a hard time sleeping, to be tired. These things are super common, but I just want to encourage you. They are not normal. They are not normal. It's not normal for you to always be exhausted. It's not normal for you to always be in pain or irritable or edgy or in a brain fog or super anxious. There are solutions to all of this, right? These are all symptoms of your body's brilliant way of telling you, no, stop. I'm at capacity, right? I need space. I need rest. Pay attention. Stop ignoring these emotions. Every symptom is a message, you guys. So instead of trying to fix, and I say that in air quotes, instead of trying to fix all this stuff, which is what I did for decades and what my clients, most of them have been trying to do before they come to me and my programs, instead of ignoring or fixing, man, try listening. Slow down, pay attention, get curious, right? What could this be communicating to me? And I can support you guys in all of this. If you're interested in having a community helping you through this, direct coaching from me every single week for seven weeks, accountability, right? Well, you'll have homework and ways in which to integrate what you're learning. And then a community and myself holding you accountable. Restore starts next week, you guys. Take the step. Be bold. If it is calling to you, if you've been considering it, I encourage you lean in because I don't want to overstate it. I don't want to be hyperbolic about it, but learning how to do this stuff, how to unlock the stress cycle in your brain, how to bring regulation to your nervous system. Your nervous system is your body's command central. Every thought, every word, every action, everything you do is controlled by your nervous system, either consciously or subconsciously. A lot of it is subconscious, almost 98%, right? Of it is is subconscious. So learning how to get your nervous system into a place where it isn't stuck in a stress response, where it's functioning as it's designed, where there are ebbs and flows, 
You are resilient. You don't get stuck in an anxious state or a burnt out state. You know how to bring yourself back to a place of regulation. Like guys, that is life changing work. So last call for this round of Restore. We start next week. I would so love to see you there. I would so love for you to join us. I think you, I'm talking to you, I think you know you're supposed to be there and I can't wait to meet you. All right, friends, be well. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, They really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.